Good morning. How's everybody doing? You're doing good? I told the 9 a.m. they were good looking, but you guys are, you're looking good. I'm sure the live stream campus, they're looking good. Probably watching TV, or sorry, watching church in their pajamas, eating Cheerios. We love you guys. No, Cheerios. Uh, well, it's a great day to be in God's house. If this is your first time at Joy Church, we're so glad you joined us. And um, we are passionate about serving Jesus, and we believe serving Jesus should be joyful and exciting, and God is good. Amen? So we're glad you're here with us. Please let us know. If you have any questions, we'd love to help you. And we're just a big family, so we'd love for you to join the family, and uh, it's great to have you here. Amen? Um, well, this morning we are continuing our series called Some Assembly Required. And last week, Pastor Steve launched us in this brand new series on relationships. And I'm going to give you guys another chance to redeem yourself. He asked you a question, and, uh, and so we're going to ask this question again, and, and I think we're going to get it right this week. Um, how many of you are in a relationship it's complicated. Pastor Steve's in a complicated relationship. <laughs> so this message was tailor-made for my parents, Pastor Steve and Kim. This is for them this morning. It's complicated. Uh, how many of you are in a relationship? Anybody? Uh, well, the reality is every single one of us, right? Maybe week three, we're going to get it. Every one of us is in a relationship. Uh, we all are somebody's son or daughter where we have siblings, we have coworkers, we have a boss, um, unless you are the boss, and then you have coworkers, <laughs> you have underbosses, I don't know what you call them. <laughs> oh, you, you, you're, you're a student, you have a teacher, maybe you are the teacher, we bless you, I'm, we love you teachers. Um, we are all in a relationship, and here's the thing about relationships, they take work. They are not turnkey, no maintenance, you know, maintenance free. They take work, right? Uh, many of us wish relationships were like a cup of noodle. Just add water, leave it for five minutes, and dinner is ready. How many of you would be happy if your marriage was like, just add water, leave five minutes, and house is clean, and life is good? Relationships take work. Um, and they're worth it. You see, every time you come into a situation with your coworker or with your spouse or with your children or friends and something goes wrong, it doesn't mean it's broken and needs to be thrown away. It means it may just need a little bit of TLC, a little assembly required. You, perhaps you've heard it said that if the only tool you have is a hammer, the whole world starts looking like a nail. And some of us are walking around with one tool in our relationships and we're like, this isn't working. You may need a wrench or a screwdriver or that's all my tools I know, okay? <laughs> that's it. That's why I got married, so that my husband can ask for boring tools for Christmas and <laughs> know what they mean. This morning, uh, we're going to open to Proverbs 30, but I think that some of us, we came th here this morning and we talk about relationships in any context, any kind. Some of us have relationships that look a little bit like this. 
we've got a video to show us. Yes, some of us, our relationships, we say they're perfect until they talk. It goes great until I have to see them, right? You're like, I have a great relationship with my boss as long as I don't go to work. Sometimes our relationships, they look like Mission Impossible, and this morning we're continuing with getting some new tools to navigate, because God doesn't just want you to survive your relationships or barely get by, he wants you to thrive, to, to that we as, as believers, you know, our prayer is that what God gives us on Sunday mornings would change our Monday mornings, it would change our lives, that we would model his love in every relationship. And so in Proverbs 30, this morning we're looking at Proverbs 30 and we're talking about the tool of alignment. And here's the thing we have to recognize is that our intentions don't matter, but our actions do. Now, we recognize that yes, your intentions matter. Hopefully our intentions look like Jesus, but the reality we have to realize is that the world doesn't get to see what you intended to do, they only get to see what you actually do, your behaviors. And our desire is that what we intend to do would be what we actually do, right? So it says in Proverbs 30, verse 32, if you have been a fool by being proud or plotting evil, cover your mouth in shame. So much of our life would be easier if we just did this. Amen. Not gonna go there, you're not gonna say. As the beating of cream yields butter, and striking the nose causes bleeding, so stirring up anger causes quarrels. We're gonna read this one more time. If you have been a fool by being proud or plotting evil, cover your mouth in shame. As the beating of cream yields butter and striking the nose causes bleeding, so stirring up anger causes quarrels. Dale Carnegie, he quoted this. He said, if you want to gather honey, don't kick over the beehive. If you want to gather honey, don't kick over the beehive. That, those are words to live by. <laughs> you see, in our relationships, nobody gets to see your intentions. They only hear and are affected by your behaviors, right? Some of the worst apologies that we can give to people are, sorry, I didn't intend to hurt you, but I just kind of exploded right? I, I, I intended to, ha to love you. I, I love you. I cherish you. My intention is to show you that I love and cherish you, but everything I'm doing is tearing our marriage apart. People only see what we actually do. And the reality is this, is the Proverbs tells us, it says, listen, if you take cream and you beat it, it will make beautiful butter, and if you hit the nose, it will cause your nose to bleed. I think one version of the Bible says, if you ring the nose. That just sounds repulsive. Don't ring anybody's nose, okay? They were never meant to be rung. Here's the thing, what we, how we behave in our relationships will produce the fruit of what we sowed. 
how, how we, what we do in our behaviors. And so this, this morning we are looking at causing the gap between our intentions and our desired outcome to get smashed together that our behaviors would lead us to the intended destination we want to get at. Does that sound, sound good? So this morning we're gonna look at a couple things. Um, some practical tools on how we do that. Okay, I want you to think right now, church, about that one relationship that you're trying not to think about, that frustrates you, that you are dreading that conversation. You are totally fine if you just don't have to interact with them for three months. Okay, think about... Nobody in this room would have that, but think about it for your friend, like that person in their life they need help with in their relationships, right? And this morning we're going to look at how do we process difficult situations relationally and come out looking more like Jesus. And so the first thing we got to do when it comes to our relationships is you've got to analyze. You come into that moment, you're frustrated, you, you want to blow up, you want to say that that the big word you're not supposed to say, you want, it, you want to be volatile, you want to erupt, you want to run away, you want to quit, you want to throw the towel in on that relationship. When you hit that moment, stop and analyze. And you're going to ask yourself this question internally. What I want to do is fill in the blank. At this point in your relationship, I want you to stop and be completely honest. Don't, don't, you know, don't be like, what I want to do is tell them how much Jesus loves them. No, you don't want to do that. <laughs> That's the church answer. That's what Jesus wants you to do. We're going to get there, okay? But what do you actually want to do? You want to blow up. Or is that just me because I'm Sicilian? It's just me. It's, it's... <laughs> What you want to do is run away and scream. What you want to do, you know, I'll be, be real. About a week ago, I was riding in the car with my husband, Riley, and we're talking through a situation that was going on. It wasn't between us. And um, I said to him, Riley, is it bad that right now what I want to do is I want to punch that person in the face? <laughs> I said that. And Riley holding, I think he had both hands on the steering wheel, never looked at me, and he goes, yeah, that's probably not a good idea. <laughs> and uh, I, just so everybody knows, I did not punch. There was no, no one was harmed in the making of that story, okay? There was just, <laughs> there was punch-free zone. You, you got to stop and in that moment analyze what I want to do is I want to give up. What I want to do is I want to I go volatile. I want to yell, scream. I want to throw out hurtful words. I, I want to, you got to pause and analyze. They, they say that uh, certain people will go into to meetings they know could get a little tense and uh, they will bring with them a water bottle. And in that meeting, when a question comes that's kind of bigger than they can just answer in a moment and they need to process it, they will open their water bottle and uh, just start to take a drink because nobody judges you, right? When you're, they're like, why are you doing that? Just, just taking a drink. 
and they're pausing to say, okay, what, how, what do I actually need to do here? And some of us need to stop all, all the couples t- today, you know, we're going to get water bottles at your house and just walk around all day with the water bottle, you know. Hey, will you take out the trash? it out for you. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Listen, you got to, I'm not being endorsed by water Aquafina. They're not paying me anything for that. Listen, analyze, fill in that blank. Honestly, what I want to do is this. One of the reasons I think we actually end up blowing up on people is we're never honest to say, I'm actually frustrated. So no one knows, you're just smiling, sweet sister. And then your boss asks you the 12th time and you're like And you explode and they're like, what happened? You never were honest enough. This does not mean you say this to them, okay? There's a lot of parties in my head no one's invited to, thank the Lord. Just analyzing and figuring life out and then going, bless you, bless you. The Lord is good. You stop and analyze. So many of us act on our emotions before we have time to process them. Pause, okay? Second part of the process, and my husband informed me this is an engineering term, so you're welcome, Riley, engineering, is extrapolate. So you've analyzed, you've said, what I want to do is this, but now the second question you gotta stop and ask, if I do that, what will happen? If I do that, I will be on the front page of the paper wearing orange. If I do that, I may be sleeping on the couch, okay? If I do that, I may be looking in the help wanted ads for a new job. This is the time to extrapolate and to look at if I act upon what I've just analyzed, I wanna do, what is the true cost? What will this mean? I might get my say in the situation, but I lose my marriage. If I I do that, I might feel good about myself, but I tore down trust in every other relationship. What is the cost? You see, Proverbs tells us, Proverbs 4.26 says, ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Ponder, extrapolate. Stop and say, where does this lead me? Because every decision is leading you somewhere and it may not be leading you where you intended to go. It may not be leading to the direction that you want to be. We gotta ponder and say, what is the true cost? Because here's the reality. When you extrapolate and you ponder your path, you may need to do what you wanted to do in the analyzing state. You may need to have that conversation that is confronting an issue. You may need to have that difficult talk. You may need to have 
But you know when you say those things or you do those things, you have pondered the cost. You have counted the cost. Right? Here's the thing. You're building a case file. This is your moment to live out your dreams as a law and order lawyer. Okay? You're building a case file and saying, okay, I want to do this. Here's what the cost is. Now I'm deciding, is it worth it? Is this what God wants me to do? And your case file is going to show you if it's where you want to go, right? Says in Proverbs 27, 12, a prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. The message paraphrase says it like this. A prudent person sees trouble coming and ducks. A simpleton walks in blindly and is clobbered. Question, how many times do we need to be clobbered (laughs) before we go, I don't think that's what I want. You got to extrapolate, go, I don't think I want to be the person that when my will is crossed, I blow up. I don't want to be the the coworker that everybody says, don't talk to them. They're the most unhelpful people. They will slam you, right? A wise person, when they see trouble coming, when they see a fight through, when they see that relative that knows how to press your buttons, sometimes you just gotta say, I'm not gonna talk politics anymore at the family. It's, how many times are you gonna be punched in the face talking about whatever at the kitchen table, right? So you're just gonna go, weather is great. <laughs> the weather is awesome, okay? A wise person says, hey, I, I see trouble coming, I duck. I'm not going to get clobbered again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to extrapolate. Albert Einstein, many of you have heard this. He says the definition of, an, of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over, expecting the same results. <laughs> Every time you eat that donut, it's not going to make you lose weight, okay? <laughs> Every time. Just enjoy your donuts before service, Okay. Third, you have to prioritize. So you've, you've analyzed, you've extrapolated. Now we come to the point where we analyze. And we're starting to realize, okay, um, I have to change. I can't change them. So when I come into this volatile situation, when I come into that, that moment where I need to figure things out, my goal is not how can I make them see my way. My goal is God change me so I can respond correctly, okay? So now we're at the, the prioritizing stage, and here's what we ask at this point. Here is what I actually want to happen, fill in the blank. Here is what I actually want to happen. Can we be real? Most of us, when we woke up this morning, didn't think, I wanna be a big ball of uncontained emotions. Most of, right, most of you didn't wake up and say, I can't wait to scream at my spouse. I love it. (laughs) I can't wait to be an absolute jerk to my waitress today. Like it is the sole desire, right? Most of us, it's not what we actually want to happen, but sometimes we get to the end of the day and go, 
how did that happen? And at this stage of prioritize, we're saying, what do I actually want to happen? I know that I, my emotions said I want to punch, yell, run, fight or flight, but, but I realize I don't want to pay that price. I realize that's not aligning with the word of God. But here's what I really want to happen. What I really wanted to happen is I want the customer service agent on the other line of the phone to actually see me and not make me just a number but I need to show them they matter to me even if they never, if they, even if they always make me a number. What I actually want to happen is, and what I really wanted was my boss to realize that I'm a hard worker and I'm faithful, but even if they don't see that, what I want to happen is I want to be a good worker. I want to be diligent. What I want is just my spouse to hear me and I feel like they don't hear me, but, but I just want peace and I want good communication, so I wanna put in the work to make that happen. Now we have to prioritize and say, probably punching is always out of the equation, so Nat, it doesn't get to ever be an option. Thank you, Lord, okay. Because <laughs> listen, do you actually feel good when you blow up on people around you? Right? It's really quiet in here today. Some of us are, re yeah, momentarily you feel, yeah. And then you go, that's terrible. And yet you know how many times we, we live life just a slave to our emotions. We don't have to be prisoners to our feelings. We can follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in every decision, in every moment, that even when it seems like mission impossible, we can react differently. And lastly, so we've prioritized, we've identified what I actually want to happen, but now we navigate and we say, what are the things I need to do to get there? Okay, I know where I want to go, but what am I going to do to sow peace in my marriage? What am I going to do to sow peace between my relationship with my parents and I? What am I going to do to respond correctly to my coworkers and my boss? What do we need to get there? You know, there's a fable um, by Aesop, and he's who did the, uh, the tortoise and the hare. And the fable uh, goes like this. It's about the north wind and the sun. And so the north wind and the sun, they got together and they, they, they had a desire. Who could get a man to take his jacket off the quickest? Who could get a man to take his jacket off? And so the north wind said, I'm going to go first. And the fable goes like this. At the north wind, he said, I'm going I'm to get that man to take his jacket off. So he began to blow wind and, and come ferociously through the trees. And all of a sudden, he's sending hurricane-like winds, and the wind is blowing. But the harder the wind blew, the more the man took his jacket, zipped it up, pulled the collar up, and just gripped tighter and tighter, holding the jacket on. And the wind blew and blew and blew, and he could not get the man to budge. So finally he said, I need a break. And the sun said, okay, I'll go. And so the sun began to slowly move the clouds out of the way and began to shine the light through the trees. And the sun began to directly shine on this man. And all of a sudden you see sweat slowly dripping from his brow. And he unzips his jacket and just keeps sending sun and all of a sudden he takes the jacket off and the wind says how did you do that how did you get the jacket off and 
The son responded, I just brightened the day and so I got my way. Kind of sounds like Proverbs 15.1 that says, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. See, many of us, we want people to respond rightly to us, so we blow and we beat and we yell and we, we, we get passive aggressive and we run away and then we come back. We do whatever our tactics we think will get them to respond. But the reality is a gentle answer, kindness, love, forgiveness will move people far more effectively than rashness and anger and frustration. You see, if you want honey, don't kick the beehive over, right? I just brightened the day and so I got my way. And I wonder in our relationships if we sowed peace and not strife, if we sowed forgiveness and not bitterness, if in the moments when we want to tear down, we just begin to build up those relationships and say, you're really good at this. I believe in you. I'm thankful for you. What would happen? So you got to know or remember this, our goal is to diffuse the situation, not to get all of our bullets out of our gun. I didn't win because I got all of my awesome sarcastic comments out to that person. <laughs> I was outwitted them. You may have outwitted them and destroyed them. My goal is not that I shot the bullets. My goal is did I respond like Christ? Did I love them? And did I get to the intended destination? that I wanted to go. You know what's amazing? When we do this, when we do this, we look more like Jesus. Isn't that our goal? Isn't that our life, Christians? Is that we look like Christ in everywhere we go, every situation? If there was a situation in the life of Jesus, our Savior, in the Garden of Gethsemane, we see him using a lot of these things. Jesus, knowing that the next step that he was supposed to do was to face the cross, was to bear the sins of mankind, of humanity, to take our sin, our shame, our punishment, our sickness. And Jesus, the Bible tells us in the Garden of Gethsemane, he bows down and he knows like what I'm supposed to do is go to the cross. That is why I am here. But he says these words, he cries out to the Father and he says, Father, if there is any other way, if I can in any other way accomplish your mission without the cross, could you show me another way? And he analyzes, and he, 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 in this moment of anguish, drops of sweat that were blood coming out. And he's saying, Father, if there's any other way, and at the end of the whole process, he says, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And the only way was the cross. And in Hebrews 12, 2, it tells us, Hebrews 12, 2 tells us, we do this, how do we run this race? How do we live the life God wanted us to live? We do it by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, 
He endured the cross. He knew what he was facing. He analyzed the situation and he extrapolated and, and, and navigated and prioritized and navigated and he knew the only way is the cross, but it's worth it. The intended destination requires a cross and he paid that price. And when we walk controlling our spirit and walk in the spirit and not as slaves to our feelings, we look like Jesus. We love like Jesus. When we stop and say, God, is there any other way? I'm so frustrated, I'm so irritated, I feel misunderstood, I feel like I'm stuck in this situation, but we allow God to use us. The world sees somebody who looks like Jesus, and they see we're not prisoners to our feelings. Come on, we're slaves to Christ. We are overcomers. There is a different way. As the band comes up, this morning, our prayer for every one of us is we would close the gap between our intentions and our desired outcome. And how do we do that? It's, but, it's not by what we say we want to do, it's by what we actually do. We want to close the gap and be those people who are not slaves to just responding in volatile situations, but we pause, we take a deep breath and say, God, right now, I need your help. Help me navigate this. Help me get to the desired outcome and bring glory to you in everything that I do. Would you guys stand to your feet this morning? You know, this morning, before we do anything else, there are people that you came to this place and you're looking for life. You're looking for hope and salvation. And the Bible tells us that while we were yet enemies of Christ, of God, that Jesus came and he, he made a way. He, he went to the cross. He took our sin and our shame. And that when we were pushing against God, he was making a way to bring us close to him. And if you came to this place and you say, I need a new life, I need Jesus, I, I, I don't want to live any longer a life of sin, but I want to give him my everything and put my trust in him as my Lord and Savior. I want to invite you this morning to leave your chair and walk up here this morning. Every one of you that came looking for life, that you're ready today to put your faith in Jesus, to make him the, the Lord and Savior of your life. He loves you so much and he made a way. When there was no way, he made a way for us to have a relationship with him. So every person here that came looking for Christ, looking for hope in life, would you just step out of your seat right now from the back to the front? We wanna pray with you and invite you to come and give your life to Jesus. If that's your prayer, just come right now every one of you. Maybe you brought a friend this morning and maybe just ask him, hey, are you right with Christ? Is your relationship with him on the right path? We want to pray with you as you put your trust in him. Amen. We're going to just give a, a brief moment. Every one of you that came, if you're on the live stream, you can even just click right now that you want prayer and someone will pray with you to receive the Lord. We just want to buy every one of you here this morning who would like to receive Jesus. Come right now. We want to pray with you. Awesome.
Church, for the rest of us, how many of you are here and you say, you know, I want my intentions to actually affect my behaviors and cause me to reach the destination that I want to reach, a, a destination that pleases God, that looks like Jesus, that, 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 that is self-controlled and spirit-led. And today, if, you, if you're here and you're saying, man, I want that, and, and maybe there's a relationship even that you're thinking of, you need some help for God to guide you. And would you just lift your hands and we're going to pray this morning. Man, maybe you're feeling stuck, like how do I navigate past this volatile situation? The Holy Spirit, he's faithful. He's a guide. He will speak to you and lead you and give you wisdom in that situation that has felt impossible. God, I thank you for your sons and your daughters that today we come in humility. And Jesus, our prayer is that we'd look more like you. That Jesus, you fully knew the destination you wanted to arrive at, that you were gonna make a way for us to have relationship. And you did what it took. And Lord, we pray this morning, you would help us to analyze and extrapolate and navigate and prioritize those things to get to the destination that we want to in our relationships. Help us, Lord, to be spirit-led. Help us to build our spouses up, to build our coworkers up, our friends, our parents. Help us, Lord, where we have been exploding bombs to now be self-controlled and walk in the spirit help us Jesus we want to look more like you we want to walk in your ways Lord I pray right now even Holy Spirit you would heal some marriages that have been struggling God where it's felt like a war zone instead of heaven on earth and I pray Holy Spirit even today There'd be restoration in marriages. There'd be restoration between fathers and their kids and mothers and their children and friends that have been in strife. We pray, Holy Spirit, you'd begin to mend broken relationships today. God, we love you and worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to worship. Holy